First team drawn to uh, join Germany and Hungary in Group A. Scotland. That is Scotland. Steve Clark. And Scotland have officially been drawn. What news? Another bit of news for you Scotland fans. Probably better than finding out Scotland's group. The Tour podcast is back. Hello, Aaron. Coming to you not live and indirect from the Waverley Park living room, I'm joined by my good friend Aaron Crow. Hello, Mikey. And our producer in residence, Donald Turville. Hello. Woo! A very good evening to you both. Good yeah. to be back. You pumped? Yeah. Fired up? You hungry? <laughs> so hungry. Drawn in a group with the Swiss, the Hungarians, and of course, the glamour tie, the opening fixture against Deutschland themselves. Lads, we're pretty much ready to go. We're booked up. Are you booked up? You fucking better be booked up. I've got no money and I'm booked up. <laughs> you cowards. <laughs> uh, yes, what a week uh, for Scottish football fans. Not only because Jim McIntyre uh, is back in the management game at Gayfield, uh, also because Alan Hale resigned. So rejoicing all across the Northeast, I'm sure. Uh, when the Elgin City fans find out he is coming to them. Um, we're just going for a good old classic this evening, I think, Aaron. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Classic stuff. We've got Bruni's Corner. We've got news. We've got Scotland discussion. And we've got preview for the week and weekend's action. It does not come any better than that. I think you'll agree. I think it's going to be an absolute bounce. I cannot oh, wait. A boing. Or a boing. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that one in somehow. Uh, we'll talk much on the Partick Thistle boing boing later on. Oh, God. <laughs> but first, Aaron, how are you? Yeah, life's good, mate. Life's very good. It's been a while. It feels like it's been ages since we've done this. Yeah, it's been a good, what, two weeks now? So much has happened in that two weeks. You've been in Finland. Yeah, of course. Scotland have been drawn. Yeah. I've been doing fuck all as usual. <laughs> How's the job? Job's going really well. Speaking to Strathspey, they officially, <laughs> they officially, they officially closed the door on me. What? Uh, right, okay. So you're uh, not gonna get in nah, with any more Strathspey. Not right now. He, he told me officially. Uh, got no money, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I went to the board. There's no money. Um, so <laughs> is he? Fair enough. Enough. Is he English? Ah, he is. He is. I. Okay. His name's mental. Like it's like Clive Wolvenstuhl. <laughs> Some kind of German money, ah, European yeah. money, potentially. Fuck no. Yeah, uh, Aaron, could you name Strathspey's ground? Um, no. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> was that um just to pretend just, you were thinking? No, nah, I was thinking of Sam North's video when he was there and he called him the Pointless Club. <laughs> I was thinking, is it there? Uh, it's Seafield Park. Nah, I would never have got that. Captain might have gotten that potentially. Uh, my comrade from our European visit, obviously. Would have backed Jamesy Mack to get that. Jamesy Mack, I'm backing all day long to get that one. Um, yeah, so me and Jamesy were obviously in Finland, hence why we didn't do a pod last week. Um, oh, very drunk, very drunk indeed. Uh, what a time, though, if your club ever has the opportunity, or if you ever, ever have the opportunity to see your club in European action, I would strongly recommend emptying the bank account because it's a memory for life, for sure. What was the, what was the game like? Do you remember much? Um, snowy. It was... Uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't have gone ahead, to be honest, if anything. There's quite a funny photo of me that can be located 
on various uh, channels. We'll pop it up. Uh, <laughs> put it on the YouTube version uh, when we do that at some point. And you were quite lucky to get there, Mikey, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, so I um, might as well just divulge quickly uh, into the story while we're story. on the topic. Uh, so I actually lost um, my companions while I was across. Uh, my companions who had my ticket. Now, there was a march from the pub, the pre-match Aberdeen pub, uh, where all the fans congregated to the Bolt Arena. And now I lost my friends in the march who had my ticket. I was absolutely wankered, to be fair. And, yeah, totally no idea where they've gone. Phone's dead, obviously. Uh, so I just kind of located a steward when I got to the ground and begged to be let in. Um, somehow they just let me in. <laughs> that would just never happen would over never, here. never, <laughs> ever happen in the UK. I can't remember. I remember it was a female stewardess and they were all kind of laughing about it. Yeah. And I think they searched me and they just like let me in. Like, all right, okay. And then about five minutes later, I was like, where the hell is the Aberdeen lot? Everyone's wearing like blue shit. Oh my God, I'm in the home end. <laughs> so then left the home end, went around, found the away end, begged another steward who let me in again. That is fucked up. Yeah. These people will be paid absolutely nothing, sure. Oh, they must not be. They mustn't give a single the fuck. Finished stewards. Could have been anyone. I could have been anyone. Just like, yeah, my mate's got my ticket and I'm drunk. Yeah, on you go then. But yeah, so then found uh, eventually found my mates in the away end, and then it was all it was all rosy. It was all dandy, you could maybe say. In fact, so for, for those that don't know Mikey on a personal level, he's you know prone Run, to things like yeah, to even, Stat, scatterbrain. Yeah, this, is, this is one of the more successful. Uh, and to, to be fair, to even get to that point, you'd, you'd lost your passport prior to oh yeah even yeah getting yeah. To, it was stuffed in our couch. Oh my god, that, it's a miracle the trip even weeks. happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> miracle it happened, and maybe it shouldn't have. <laughs> To be honest, um, for everyone involved, I'm sure you'll agree, Tevins. Uh, but yes, so we have plenty to get to. Uh, so I guess we'll just get to it right after this. Welcome back. And Aaron, just one quick thing before we move on to the news, actually. Uh Uh-huh. Can you name some bizarro away days that Scottish football teams have had in the past? Such as Falkirk got into Europe. I don't know if anyone can remember that. I'm just thinking of teams and supporters that might have enjoyed away days that you're not really expecting. Yeah. Uh, Falkirk had an away day. You name another one that's that's lingering about. Um, also a Queen League of the South. Team. Queen yes. of the South. Boom. Falkirk played for news. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Quite mental. That is that is. that Lichtenstein? Yes, it is. Yeah. The uh, unbeatable un, uh, FM team. <laughs> Apparently, the hardest team you can go on FM is Vaduz because um, you can't win the Swiss league with them Aye. because they're from Liechtenstein. So then, if so you could be fun though, yeah, could be fun <laughs> if you're that way minded. <laughs> See us live streaming the Vaduz career mode. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Forty plus hours of your life 
pissed away to get Vaduz in the Champions League. More than that, probably. I was looking through my old FM playtimes. FM uh, 20, COVID FM, racked up 490 hours on. <laughs> what was the best achievement? Uh, got Blythe Spartans out of the conference north into the conference. <laughs> Straight back down the next season. How many hours for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Like, absolutely brutal. Um, but yes, we were thinking about doing a wee live stream, maybe, of me and Aaron playing FM in the off season. So Let us know if you'd like. That. I think that would be quite fun, uh, personally. Um, me, me kicking Aaron's ass every week oh, on the yeah. FM. <laughs> Throwback to the the, the, the COVID Greek. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh man, we'll, we'll maybe have a separate. Um, we'll do that in a separate pod. That one's for the subscribers. Oh, Leave right. that one for our Patreon, Patreon subscribers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your mum's got to see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, good stuff. Okay, so let's actually talk some Scottish football, shall we? Um, Aaron, first up, we've got a really quite interesting um, plate of saucy, spicy bajinga juice for you. Mm. It's Jimmy McIntyre, Jim the Cock, wow. as they call him, uh, back in our broth of all places after Dick Campbell obviously parted ways um, with the Lichties. I mean, it's a strange one. Yeah. Did did he merit that appointment? I don't know what's going on at Arbroath. Like, yeah. one moment, you know, we weren't doing this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Dick Campbell was still in charge. Yeah. And now, flash forward two weeks, Dick Campbell's gone from Arbroath and they've got Jim McIntyre. Absolutely hell. mad. Uh, do I think he deserved it? No. Simple question. Simple answer on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are Arbroath really looking at? Um, <laughs> what are they looking what at? What are they looking it at? Can't be his face. <laughs> okay, the, the way that they—I uh, don't know if you've seen the tweet that um, they announced him with, but it was an absolute. Oh, the the montage. Oh, thing. It was yeah, like yeah. that anti-piracy, uh, <laughs> anti-piracy video. Um, back in the day when you used to watch before a movie you wouldn't steal a car yeah, you yeah. wouldn't steal a handbag it's just Jim McIntyre's going yeah, to yeah, yeah. a panenka against him like. <laughs> you wouldn't steal three points at Easter Road <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous that is mental like. but I mean his last job uh, at Cove can you call it a disaster yeah, yeah. absolutely I mean got, joined Cove before the before the season started uh, last year and was gone by January um kicked out the door sitting bottom of the league yeah. having an absolute dreadful time why would Arbroath think that that's the yeah. remedy to help them past success is the only thing I can really think of Jim McIntyre like he's known um, you know he, he did do a really good job with Ross County yeah. in fairness to I watched to him. them uh, beat us in the cup final yeah, the Schalke game Mm. quite legendary that it was haunting he must be a hero obviously in Dingwall um, and surrounding Highland areas um, but you know it's it's similar to my Ian McCall thing it's a, it's a very similar appointment to the Ian McCall one I think mm. getting back a name just because he's a name and the fans might think that there's some kind of security there uh, I mean it really depends obviously you, you just have no idea how this is going to go uh, he's obviously managed that part-time club already now um, with with uh, his last appointment at Cove. Uh, but before that, it was Dundee, Ross County, Dunfermline, and he had a wee stint at Queen of the South 2 that was very short. So his, uh, his uh, sort of tenure at part-time clubs, he's been very bad at part-time mm. uh, clubs, basically, mm. and, and fairly successful 
at at, at your full time teams. Except so Dundee was I looked at it in Dundee. It was like got relegated with Dundee. They won like I, I read yeah. I read when he got appointed that it was like the lowest tally they'd ever had in points <laughs> in the Premiership until. Um, someone else joined a few years when, later right okay um, then they and then it got, it got done worse. again okay, but yeah. I just really think I think Dundee was his last appointment before Cove and yeah, these last two jobs have just not worked out in, yeah. in a great way at all and I'm just it's not ringing any praises with me I'm not no. looking at that going oh that's a great appointment from Arbroath they've got an inspiring manager no. that they can get behind I don't think it's inspiring at all either but I mean to if you're maybe going to defend the only thing I would say for the Dundee thing is like that was a terrible situation at Dundee FC at that time. Um, like you said, another manager whose name escapes us right now took the the, the reins a few years later and had an even worse total than Jim McIntyre did. Um, so the club was clearly broken at that point in time. Um, does that mean that he's a good manager? I don't know. He's apart from the it seems like the League Cup uh, win sort of props him up really. Mm. Um, how is this guy getting jobs? To be fair, when that's his track record, yeah, that's uh, what I'm... over the past decade, yeah. it's 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 really poor. Um, but then it, the power of a name goes so so far. Mm. Like just riding that success is what's kept him um, relevant. In and he's not relevant, but it's what has kept him in the conversation to still yeah. get jobs. Um, that being said, who else could they have feasibly brought in? This is what I was thinking. When I was thinking to myself as like. Who else realistically could you actually bring in, especially being a part-time club in the championship? It's you know you're not got exactly like the plethora of folk no. to, to go for. Usually, managers if they want to make the move up from like League One, League Two, or, or whatever it may be, are probably then looking to cement a full-time role. Yeah, and start this as their actual career. Um, so when I was looking at people, I was struggling to think who else they could feasibly bring in. Yeah, I mean. It would probably have been a case of promoting someone from within the club structure or maybe a recently retired player or like one of the older heads in the changing room uh, taking the rim. Maybe maybe bringing back wee Andy Gold or something to have a wee, <laughs> a wee pop in the dugout. Um, Bobby Lynn's the, the obvious shout, you mm. see. So I, I don't think Bobby... Would Bobby Lynn ever be a Could manager? Could you imagine Bobby Lynn being no, a manager? I couldn't. Usually you can't really imagine wingers being no, managers. I can imagine so. him as an assistant manager, Aye. for sure. One guy that gets the boys yeah. up for it. And... Barking on the touchline uh. while the real Don just stands there with his arms <laughs> folded. Um, it was yeah. Mark McGee, the guy that had the worst record. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, there you go then. Um, maybe it wasn't a broken situation because <laughs> Mark McGee is the worst manager of Is it Charlie? <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that was a viral tweet off of that. Uh, we got a viral tweet. I seem to remember. They're taking Charlie. <laughs> uh, right. So, I mean, the tour prediction for Jim McIntyre. I think I gave him slightly more hope, maybe than Aaron. Uh, I'm just maybe too much of a believer in what I've just criticised, which is the whole uh, name thing that you you have one success and then your name kind of sticks in people's heads, and then no matter how bad you are after that you'll still get a job anyway because everyone goes, oh, he won the League Cup for Ross, Ross County, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. So that's that's basically it. Aaron, clearly not a fan. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I'm very confident that I'd be able to back that I don't think Arbroath will finish above ninth. Well, he's got a fairly big game uh, coming right up on his schedule because they play Morton oh. uh, almost immediately, I'm pretty sure. So uh, that'll be a fair test for old Jim the Cock. Uh, can he pull it out the back I don't know if, if that even is his nickname Smithy just said it on the chat it's, <laughs> it's kind of stuck with me a bit so dropped the Jim the cock in the chat there, I was like ah, it sounds feasible <laughs> it sounds, sounds alright yeah yeah uh, alright so uh, 
That will be. <laughs> Kids are going to see those. Okay, so um, next item on the bill: um, plastic pitches could be getting done away with, uh, and it's the man himself, uh, the Vince McMahon of Scottish football, leading the discussion, and that is Neil Doncaster. Um, actually advocating for the removal of plastic pitches. No so, chance in it. <laughs> yeah. You're fire. Do we need them? I absolutely hate them. Fans hate them. Players hate them because injuries. I tell you, doesn't hate them. The CFOs and the CEOs of these companies because real grass costs a fucking bomb compared to plastic grass. Mm. So. Uh, you don't need to maintain plastic grass, really. Like you yeah. still, there's still so some level so, of maintenance. So it's the cost of maintenance. It's the cost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just every. I, I don't know about maybe planting it also costs a lot. You've got to constantly replant it and retreat it. So yeah, there is that. And at the end of every season, you take all the grass off and you put it back on. And it's not used in professional football, is it? Professional matches, no. Aye. It yeah, so. it's used at the top level, even yeah, in Scotland. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why is, they're. About it, because because the clubs can't afford real right. real grass, basically. Really? Yeah, yeah. Or it's just. And I, thought, I thought it was just like local pitches and that like for like kids and stuff yeah. but obviously not it's just like a necessary evil that they have to kind of do so that they can compete basically uh-huh. if they were spending that money on the grass then they might not be able to spend it on whatever else uh, players salaries managers yeah. staff etc staff <laughs> so uh, yeah I think it's a good thing but like there's a side of it where you're kind of you're kind of squashing the wee man a little bit yeah, you're caught in limbo about it i think because like with the the plastic pitches they are good for your smaller clubs because it's like a more of like a money model for them they can then rent out space on their pitches for people to utilize when they're not using yeah. it because it's all weather it's yeah, all year yeah, round yeah. they can make money from it but in the flip side of that you've got teams like like came juniors who have got an absolutely fantastic pitch playing in the seventh tier of Scottish football great um, and you know your Livingstons can't even maintain a pitch no. or a Kilmarnock can't maintain a pitch oh my god and you know it's, there's that there's that argument to like if they can't do it then how are teams in the seventh tier being able to do it yeah there uh, is that element what, what is the drive then why why is it happening why, uh, why the change now there's a, there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons you could give for grass over plastic yeah but in terms of like why I think I think now though the the reason now that I personally think and this is why I'm a little bit like I'm not bothered about these plastic pitches because Rangers and Celtic fans are kicking up a fuss because they feel like it's disadvantageous to them to have to play on artificial grass because as Mikey said is a bit more harder to play on there's maybe more risk of injury being there but just fucking get on with it yeah yeah we're all playing I do agree with that that side of it and it's annoying that it's only come up properly because the old firm have basically put pressure on the sfa to do something yeah. about it um or old firm fans or, or whatever it's basically come from the old firm in some capacity it always does it always does exactly um the biggest the financial draw you know you can't ignore your biggest your, your most studly bull at the county fair <laughs> so you have to you have to listen to him when he starts mooing in the corner about something, <laughs> basically so, um so it's just Kilmarnock and livingston is that right in the top flight in the top yeah, flight, yeah. yeah. But, but this, I, this would just be a top flight ban or would it be all across the i think i've seen flight top only. flight yeah, yeah. But I tell, but one thing, like having said that, and you know, get on with it. The plastic pitch has been there forever, etc. I think that how good would it, it looks so much better when you turn on the telly and see Rugby Park with grass or uh, Ammonville with grass because it just looks so ugly on yeah. the like it looks horrendous. If you're yeah. talking from a purely aesthetic point of view of the top flight, it looks pretty tin pot having yeah. artificial grass in your Premier. 
Premier suppose, League. I suppose it's easy for the old firm to sit there and say that. It is very easy but, for them you know, to say that. But Mark and Livingston won't have much in the bank. So. No, exactly. Well, this is it. You know, the managers and the players would love the change, and the fans too, but the financial guys, the guys who actually keep the club ticking over, really, at the back, at the end of the day, they will be gutted to hear that this could possibly be happening. Where the hell am I going to produce this money from? Uh, and I think on the flip side of that as well, if it was to be brought in, um, teams getting promoted that are playing on artificial grass, they all of a sudden yeah. then have no home or yeah. they have to redo their whole surface. Yeah. And it's just another thing that could deter a team coming up. Very be a hindrance. And well, it's just... it used to be that they there was a capacity limit. Yeah, 6,000. They just got rid of that. You had to have 6,000 seats or something like that, but they just fucking scrapped that yeah. because barely any team at the time had that anyway. Yeah. But one thing I did see about the plastic pitches, which I thought was quite a good way of maybe trying to navigate the uh, teams maybe getting promoted or teams that currently have them and can't afford them is they'd be given a three-year grace period from when the law would take effect so they would have three years to get their arses in gear and figure out a way to implement real grass basically on the pitch which i think actually is quite fair to be honest Uh, and i do think overall it would improve the quality and just the product that we try and offer in the in the scottish top flight because like i said you know unfortunately hate it or love it everything does just come down to what you see really nowadays if you flick on the telly and see a plastic pitch people are instantly going that's shite switch over uh, you go, you flick on it's Kilmarnock v Celtic and you can see that Kilmarnock home that, stand that's got barely anyone in it yeah There's all that black stuff baubles bobbing up exactly that's Celtic it. and you're like wow no turn that on on that note move them fucking down from the top tier put them right next to the pit that has always bugged me so much about Rugby mm. Park and I'm I know other people think that too, but like, why the hell do you see all the fans right at the back where the cameras can't see yeah. them? Like, obviously, you're not going to fill the stands, so just put them at the front. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, is the tour anti plastic pitches then? That's official stance settled? I'm not sure. Mm, I think we're like two, bear, like two bears, we're still fighting over this uh, one, maybe. I'm not too sure. Uh, I, would say, I would say I am anti plastic pitches, right. but I fully understand why teams use them. Uh, and it does kind of add a, f- a sort of funny element sometimes mm. like can you go on the plastic and win uh, like yeah. Celtic and Rangers definitely dread those away days because they know that they're going to be playing on a fucking 3G pitch yeah. or a 4G and pitch and all their fans get wound up if they ever lose it's just like it's the Lame fucking the pitch, pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it it's just funny like, it's quite a good piss boiler actually I suppose it's a similar kind of Tennis, wasn't it? You, sort of players will blame the clay. Yeah, yeah. They go to France. Yeah, yeah. The bloody clay. Blame the clay. Bad workman blames the two. Yeah. doesn't blame the clay. Rafael Nadal. No. He will never blame the clay. True tennisman. Yeah. How many times? 14 French Opens? Yeah. Something mental like that? Absolutely wiped his arse with them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Clay master. Anyone ever played on Ash? Where the fuck are these at? Do you remember Ash? You ever play? You never play on Ash. No. You must have done. No uh, football. Right. It's like a. It's like Big a. Pile of it's fucking metal. It's the worst surface of all. Is that like a hockey? It's it's like um it's like brown dust oh, nah. is the only way I can describe it. <laughs> it's like red dust is the only way. I can, it's kind of like clay. Go and Google a, yeah. uh, an Ash pitch crow. Yeah. So they they have these right. occasionally and it just messes you up big time. Um, is it literally made from Ash? It's like literally it's coal waste that they have just. Where you playing about? Like Baghdad. Like... <laughs> I'm sure there used to be one. Folks, just these and Newton Hill. Aye, Newton, Newton Hill folk testify to an ash pitch somewhere. No wonder Nordwest is shite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick 
fireside after you've been down the mines. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Played at a higher level than you, mate. <laughs> Played one game for them for <laughs> Oh, yeah, fair enough. Found, uh, you forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's a bunch of these lying unused in the Cumbernauld area. Wow. There you go. All you need to know, really. Need I say more? Between <laughs> so uh, me and Rory West, 1v1 in an ash pitch. Yeah, yeah. Destroy him. But Rory West on this couch next to Kyle Vassell and fucking <laughs> Derek Adams. Uh, right, okay. Plastic pitches officially can't decide if we love or hate them. So let's move on message to our... In. Message in. Message out. Cocks out. <laughs> <laughs> Just say cock in something and you'll and that'll work and get on with it basically. Forever. Yeah. Uh so finally on the news uh today we have Alan Hale uh, resigned from his post at Huntley. Um to a bit of surprise from the Huntley faithful. Um he'd been there for quite a while. Um and I don't think he was really uh doing the old jump before pushed move. I think he was resigning so he could go to the big boys in that region and take the Borough Briggs post for himself after Barry Smith resigned due to work commitments <laughs> less than a month ago. Um, I mean, Alan Hale, obviously, as far as as far as we can tell, pretty pretty well liked at Huntley and must be doing all right if if Elgin uh, think that he can make the step up, basically. Yeah, uh, must be a well-respected figure in Huntley and for him to just quickly move on is quite surprising but if Elgin are in for him it's a more lucrative position Christy Park is that that's it there you go but uh, I think that they weren't doing too great this year I don't I don't, no they're, they're but you know I think his past seasons his past success Huntley are never looking to win the Highland League at the right. end of the day they're just looking to sort of take a few scalps stay in the league uh, and keep the books ticking over really is the most important thing at that club uh, honestly, Huntley are a pretty well-supported team. Yeah, like they're not—they're not, they're not um, uh, for Martin United or anything like that. Who are less less supported? They've got a fair a fair bunch that follow them. Uh, but one thing is, Elgin, I think, have really done the right thing there, and they've promoted from within the game rather than Arbroath and Clyding it and trying to get a sort of big name mm. in in uh, inverted commas to drop down uh, a big name who's maybe failed to re- restart their career further down the leagues because it's something that doesn't really work and is obviously going to cost you a bit of money and, and can be very embarrassing when it fails. Uh, just like when Jim, the cock, and Ian McCall, if they both fail this season, they'll be on big contracts. They'll take a lot of money to get sacked and it'll just be like, you know, the whole operation's fucked, basically. Yeah. You've you've brought this big name down and stuff. So it's very low risk, basically, is what I mean for Elgin. If they go down, it's okay. He's still a young manager. They can sort of learn and then win win in the Highland League next season. If, if they were to, to, to go right down. So I think it's a smart move. If, if they bring him in, yeah, I, I agree. I think it would be quite a healthy move for the club. And I was just yeah. looking there as well. They're, if they win their game in hand, they're up at sixth. So that bottom, Elgin. Yeah, that bottom five is very, very congested so at the compact, moment. So compact, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not like he's taking on an impossible post whatsoever. No, if he all. does go, we're speaking like he's going. I, uh, I, we just read one tweet. To be fair, no, the, um, there's there's a bit of reporting on it. Is it, there? Seem, it seems like it's fairly set that right. this is going to happen, actually. So, too exclusive. <laughs> let's break it now. Heard it now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's call the election now. Um, Alan Hale officially going to be the Elgin manager. So... Uh, black and whites fans you can hold on to that uh, who's the shite in the black and white Elgin Elgin you'll be up to sixth in no time boys um, yeah that's basically it I guess for the news uh, unless you've got any closing thoughts on Alan Hale Crow ah Hale Hale <laughs> Alan is here Hale Hale the Elgin are here <laughs> good stuff uh, okay next up 
MPs, and we'll talk about Scotland's group. Um, just a bit of analysis, really, on the teams, our opponents. Uh, Hungary. You hungry, motherfucker? <laughs> I hope so. It's coming up after this. Tommy's gonna get you. Stevie Clark's gonna get you. In Germany. Because that's where we're going, baby. Yeah. Come on! Cannot wait, lads. Uh, we're just discussing on the break there the transport method that we are taking. We're getting the train. How would you like that? <laughs> getting on it, Drem. The, U- the Eurostar. <laughs> getting on it, Drem. Uh, yeah, exactly. Getting the Eurostar all the way, baby. Uh, part of the tour is net zero commitments. Cannot, yeah. <laughs> Try to reach net zero by uh, 25. <laughs> so, uh, you know, reduce the footprint and all that. The, the Eurostar is a very, uh, it's quite a woke way to travel to Germany, actually. <laughs> Snowflakes. Uh-huh. Tour snowflakes. No Save it for No airport. Mountain of cans on the table. Oh, yeah. Don't have to buy expensive pints on. No cans on. No, the no plane. shit in the airport. Yeah, exactly. You can just do as we like. I can walk about on the transport. So yeah, Eurostar's the way. Yeah, me thinks. Ah, Can't on. wait, um, boys. We have got to get there for the opening game. Well, we thought we had to. So um, there we shall be. With yes. 60,000 other Scottish fans, I'm hearing. 60 to 90,000 other Scottish fans. It's going to be fucking carnage, like. Uh, that opening game, I mean, before we get into any analysis, just purely going off passion and heart, I think we've got a chance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Genuinely. Opening night, opening night it's the glamour tie. The opening games, every European competition and World Cup I've, I've watched, basically the opening night has always got something really dramatic or iconic that happens in that opening fixture so true. just going off of the history of the international competitions but those games like do, do you even need to like the shabalala yeah. so famous obviously even um the opening game of the euros when it was in france albania france was the opening game of that that mm-hmm. euros potentially or fact check one ones that I remember is the, the Brazil Croatia I think Croatia might have equalised or took the lead against Brazil yeah. in their own backyard uh, which was pretty nuts just every time every opening game has got so much the drama Rus- the Russians Bobby in Saudi Arabia oh, I'm sure oh, that was nil. quality uh, yeah exactly do you know what I mean there's uh, always something uh, it could be the German uh, Bobby, Bobby in the Scots did he say that <laughs> fucking hell man um, but yes uh, either way either way it's going to be uh, a moment to remember for all of us uh, Scotland fans who have waited uh, a lifetime to be in this position especially now that we can actually go along um, it's only in bloody Germany it'll be my first time in Germany um, you lads have been there before though obviously so I've been to Berlin I don't know I think it's, you can see it being Germany uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Berlin is obviously Germany. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not representative of Germany. I think I've been next time we'll see more of actual Germany rather I... than just you know nightclubs and, and expensive bars. Oh, and all the stupid shit that comes along with it. But we're going to be what Nuremberg and whatnot. I've been to Jena, which was like a, a Haddington of Germany. Yeah, and that was like you saw um, German. What was their football team again? You saw uh, Jena, please. Just called Jena. Yeah, and then yeah. they don't have a funny name oh, after them or something. Carl Zeiss. Oh, really? Jena, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Carl Zeiss, Jena. Yeah. It was a wild, uh, wild atmosphere. James Crow will vouch for that. Uh, but not as wild as the uh, Irish pub that we met Nathan Aspinall and Alan Suter, <laughs> Chizzy's manager. Class, that. Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, Germany opening game. 
cannot wait. I, I really, as you said, just there's no pressure on us. All the pressure is on of course, Germany. Yeah, it's that's on it. them. They've not been performing well. They've not been playing competitive games. And Scotland are going to be coming across and no one's really going to be thinking about them bar ourselves. Bar ourselves. We're the only ones going to put pressure on ourselves and we're not going to feel it. I just think it's going to work in Scotland's favour so much. I think that that's what our sort of reputation has been built on is as the plucky underdog. It's always what Scotland has been. Like the glory, the glorious failures, the plucky underdog, the team that um, can hurt the big teams but kind of struggles against the smaller teams, etc., um, this is like the perfect um, sort of not end to the Steve Clark thing, but it turns it it sort of comes full circle at this point where here's a moment where this whole the whole of our of our fandom as Scotland fans kind of comes to a peak in this one moment where the team we're playing okay it's like a team that's massively expected to win we know we're good within ourselves the whole ridiculous level of optimism is back. Um, the the hopeless uh, romantic thing where it's like, oh, I think we might actually win, you know. Uh, like that is that has been missing. I feel like for quite a long time in Scotland fans' uh, minds, we've been very pessimistic over the past wee while, and even during this sort of run, you know, the, we were talking on a previous podcast. We lost a few meaningless games, and everyone was, oh my god, we're shit again, mm, kind of thing. Aye. And I think this draw is just kind of refreshed that hope and made us realize like christ we're here this is our group and you look at it i think we're definitely a better team than switzerland uh and hungary um hungary will be the game obviously that can yeah decide our fate to be honest um Um, we've got hungary second after germany yeah uh, of course and just just on that albania was the second game of that competition i do remember good uh, stuff with the fact check I do remember just quickly on that game actually i had uh, like about 75 pound on france minus one and france scored two goals in like the 90th minute it was at segerstein and uh started running about the gaff going <laughs> yeah rents didn't know about so you yeah. do know now although, although... gambling that much i'm sorry <laughs> not anymore though uh crow putting on 50 pounds on hibs to beat ross county Aye, before fly before fly uh, and we're all away for an amazing time apart from aaron who's para as fuck <laughs> checking his phone for numerous reasons <laughs> <laughs> we'll remain unspoken <laughs> but yeah uh, checking his phone not having a good time at all where everyone are, i fucking love this place man like, I'm having the best time of my life. Is that Dennis Salt coming on next? <laughs> Yeehaw! Aaron's just para as hell, just checking his phone behind us. Paul Hanlon's 70th minute goal. <laughs> we'll never forget it. Keyman! <laughs> but yeah, to my point, okay, France didn't play Albania in the opening game, but they played Romania, and it was a oh, Paya 89th yes. minute goal that won them that. Yeah. So there you go. Opening games always have drama in them. It just depends which way the the lady of luck wants to spin herself that day, I guess. Take, take nil nil right now, no drama, nil nil shit fest. I mean, you this this is it's almost pointless to analyse the actual game because right now we have no idea what the starting eleven is going to be. We also have no idea what the German situation is going to be at that moment in time. Yeah. It's almost still six months away, um, and there's going to be so much analysis from people far more qualified than us, Aaron. Um, to to sort of have a look at how the game can go etc etc so all we can really do on this is talk off pure 
heart and instinct yeah really absolutely pure bullshit basically and, ah, I just talk absolute waffle and if you want to just have a more pessimistic outlook at it like looking at the German lineup and the t- players they've got they've got like Leroy Sam, uh, Sani yeah. Gnabry Gundogan Hummels Rudiger Musiala all these players and you look at the squad it's like how many Scotland players would get into the Germany team yeah and you're like mm, probably not too sure probably none but then who gives a fuck exactly yeah yeah who that's gives it. a fuck that's why you know the Scotland way is what I mean is like we've always been built on that thing of having of being brave against total despairing despairingly better opposition and it's always the teams in our past no matter how shit the Scotland team has been we have always always performed against the teams that we shouldn't we have no right to perform against uh the bloody uh victory away uh the the victories away in croatia obviously when we weren't that great and uh we had germany in that group as well um nearly beat them at home yeah uh, that that qualification brazil 98 just it's like enriched in our yeah in exactly our whole history. most famous of them all that one yeah and the france france went away that was a better scotland team obviously but these games are the games that have always defined scotland and i just have such a optimistic feeling going into it. i don't want to get too carried away but nah, we're, it already, does, we're already we're there. already there <laughs> we're already, i'm on cloud not... nine motherfucker <laughs> no, that's not the mood. me as well just get fucking head over heels for it. this is our history don't, don't want to get too carried away but it's enriched in our fucking history Totally. I'll cry at that national anthem. Oh, I'm telling you right now. We're going to be just so buried in some... Whatever we are. Yeah, exactly. And just... Yeah. Like, how good was the national anthem before the... Whatever the last Euros was. Yeah, like, yeah. Fake you can forget that. It was COVID yeah, yeah. Euros. This, that's a write-off now. Uh, I, actually, actually, FIFA said they're not going to count that Euros anymore. Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? No, obviously. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Said that so convincingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had me. Fact check. Had the journo. Had Rory West as well. And Christie. <laughs> I'll never have Rory West. <laughs> he senses danger everywhere he looks. He's like prime fucking Javi, that boy. <laughs> Constantly looking over the shoulder. Fact check HQ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, right, so uh, the second game will be Hungary. Um, no, it won't. It'll be Switzerland. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually Switzerland, the second game. Um, and that is the game that is the must-win game. I think sure. it's great that we've got Switzerland second. Germany, you know, coming off that initial game and then back down to earth against Switzerland. You know, Switzerland have been a team in the last 10 years who have been a, a last 16 World Cup side. They've been a solid Euros team. They're just a team you maybe don't want to play. And that has slowly but surely just sort of ero- yeah. eroded a yeah, little bit. definitely. Um, they're, initially, I was like, oh, they're quite a stinky pot four team to get. And they are, considering the pot four teams yeah. that were available. But you look at how they performed in their group. Four wins in their qualifying group, that is. Four wins, five draws, one loss. And some of these draws were against the likes of Kosovo, Belarus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they were three-one down against Belarus with like five minutes to go. Clawed it back somehow. And, and uh, you know, Romania was the team that topped that group. So Romania seem like they're an all right side. Romania exactly. are the new they're, Switzerland, maybe. They're an all right side, but they're not. A, they're a team that going into that that Switzerland and everyone else would have been like Switzerland should finish above. You would have like, thought so. Couldn't name three Romanian players off the top of my head. Did you name three Swiss? Shakiri. Is Shakiri still play for Switzerland? Uh, is he not? He's a, he's what? I mean, How playing. is he still? They've got an old? okay. They've got an okay defense. They've got that City boy Akanji. They've got that Rodriguez. Akanji, all right, yeah, okay. Rodriguez. Ricardo, got Shakiri, but like and these boys, Shakiri, Ricardo Xhaka. Rodriguez, even Mbolo. Like Mbolo has been 
24 for about 20 years. Yeah, it, it feels like, like, like what the fuck? <laughs> These boys must get old at some point. And Shakiri and Ricardo Rodriguez, I'm just going to say, they're past it, mate. They're past their sell-by date. Xhaka, you know. Yeah, exactly. These boys have been around for That's like why they're coming years. to an end, yeah, yeah. They're coming in. And I think this is the tournament which they finally get slapped. And that's Switzerland going back into their... Into their into their meaningless shite. Yeah. Fuck you, Pascal. Neutral. Fuck pricks. the Toblerones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Toblerones. He probably is listening as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. A good friend, Pascal. Stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, West Highland Way. Scotland's. Oh yeah, Pascal. Traveling the world on fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. This this Swiss guy that we met on a hike who uh, exchanged Toblerone with us. And we gave him some whiskey back. It was like guy. the most cliched meeting of two nationalities. Uh, and then he also then he claimed that he was traveling the world on fifty dollars, <laughs> and then proceeded to whip out like this grand. Fifty quid worth of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. All the fucking yeah. co-op. <laughs> ah, exactly. <laughs> Disappeared in the fucking Balnaguish co-op or something. <laughs> The guy whips out this tent that, like, self-inflates and has, like, a bed just ready-made inside it. Like, you guys want to come and watch my iPad? <laughs> like, honestly, it was mental. Uh, so, yes, fuck Pascal and fuck Switzerland. <laughs> Scotland's last win was against Switzerland. So let's repeat oh. the fact, shall we, boys? Um, all right, and then you move on to the last game, which could be the do-or-die fixture. Uh, unless Scotland are sitting there with six points um. I think Scotland are through at this point <laughs> I think we are four points can get us through would it draw against Germany beat the Swiss just because three teams can qualify out there oh okay groups the yeah 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 sometimes you three, can even three points can even get you that was what I was going to say Northern you could even Ireland, lose them two and still get in so. Northern Ireland got through in three points winning their last game beating Ukraine I think 2-0 when they were in it so Niall McGinn aye correct yeah, yeah. That's exactly I got right. that one right. <laughs> fact check complete. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, fact correct. Yeah. At last. <laughs> um, I, I have uh, vocalised my worries about Hungary in the past. I think they are a pretty awesome side, to be honest. And I don't know how, but they are. They scare me a lot. They're just, they're just terrifying. Mm. They've got strength. They've got pace. They've got tricky technical boys. Full of spunk. Well. Full of spunky heart. Um, that Schlobber Lozalai yeah, guy. Yeah, the Liverpool boy. I, can't, I actually butcher his pronunciation anyway, so I'm not even going to try again, but he is fantastic. Uh, and then, obviously, the big target man up front, who I constantly forget the name of. Oh, Salazi. Oh, Adam Sazalai. I guess he, he's like... He Salazai. Must, he must be 35, 34 now. I just, you know what? Just on that, um, it's not really analysis on the Scotland thing, but I just love a massive old target man like an Aduriz sort of guy Aduriz uh, Artem Zubia I think Zubia is my favourite footballer of all time I'm not even joking like (laughs) 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 an outrageous shout to me outrageous call stone sober as well had one sip of tea and I fucking (laughs) that's coming out genuinely like it's just like these boys that are so big and strong and they're only meant to be there to hold the ball up and just lay it off. Like, that's all they're there for. But the ones who can, like, beat a man and have a just a wicked uh, wand of a foot on them, they're the, the boys that really get my blood going. Mm. Like, um, And Adam Sazalai, Sazalai for uh, Hungary is one of those. Uh, Zubia is the ultimate version of those uh, types of players for me. So I just think that 
based off of the boys I know anyway Hungary are definitely a scary outfit and their performance at the last World Cup World Cup <laughs> was really good despite the fact they didn't get out of their group um, I think Hungary are a team to be feared I mean we do play them that boy for Liverpool probably is the best player he's their the part. talisman obviously. he's the best, maybe yeah, the best yeah, player yeah. in the whole pitch when, when we play each other potentially yeah um, and only I think a year ago Hungary beat England 4-0 in the road yeah exactly in England as well so you know they've been used to playing against top teams they've been used to being in big fixtures at that previous World That's Cup it. wink 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 yeah. <laughs> and Scotland haven't but let's hope by that point you know we're, we're maybe through but Hungary in their qualifying group as well they, they were unbeaten in a group that had all right teams like your Serbias Montenegro's and whatnot. would Scotland have went unbeaten probably not no so it does strike fear in me playing, playing yeah. the Hungarians but They've never played us in a while, so no, that is true. And we've got we can punish anyone. We can, we really can. Like, there's reason to believe we can beat any of these teams. We've all seen it happen in in uh, any international competition. The way the groups can go can can be so mental when you look at the final group, when the, when you look at the final points totals of many groups. Germany might end up finishing this group on zero points. Mm. Like, honestly, like. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but it's just the sort of crazy shit that you see. Yo, you've seen it in the one that comes to mind right off the bat. It's a 2010 World Cup in uh, South Africa's group with France. France, France uh, fucked with it. zero points. Uh, like France, they, they beat South Africa the final game, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, France were terrible as defending champions that year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a curse where it's like the team that is defending their title always goes out of the group stage right. every year. It happened to Italy a few years ago as mm. well. Oh yeah, the Costa Rica... Um, yeah that was uh, it I'm sure there's some kind of curse where that oh, tends yeah, to happen um, whose group were Italy actually drawn in in the end um, you... ooh, I'm sure they got like Croatia and oh, I want to say Croatia and Spain idea. but I don't know to be fair yes they did you're absolutely spot on group B um, so Italy will be crashing out of that group possibly. <laughs> uh, but yeah so I mean it's there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic um, we are there on merit you always say like or you, the, the thing you always hear is everyone's there on merit you know yeah. don't don't just think that Romania or Albania are going to be easy games because everybody's there on merit Scotland have qualified and you know what we're not qualifying as a little blank shield getting through on a Nations League place this time either we're one of the main dogs we've made it through totally off our own back uh, and we have just as much right to be there as the Germans so let's fucking stick it to them shall we boys come on Oh, so hyped for that affair. Um, moving on nicely now to Bruni's Corner. We have a little voice note from Tour's number one fan, Alistair Brown, giving a wee take of his own. Take it away, Ali. Good evening, Tour Podcast. Mikey, Aaron, Donald behind the glass. Hope you're all doing very well this evening. Um, just want to say last week's episode was very good thoroughly enjoyed it loved the rundown of all the new managers in Scottish football uh, really good assessment um, kind of in the same vein of managers managerial appointments uh, the tour will have noticed I tagged them in something on Facebook match of the day match of the day's Facebook um, about a little known fella feller Neil Warnock, I'd fucking die for you lot. Former manager of Sheffield United, of course. Uh, Cardiff City, Middlesbrough. The list is pretty much endless for that guy. Um, he made a complaint. 
had a bone to pick with Mikey Tucker's beloved Aberdeen Football Club. He applied for a managerial job at Aberdeen Football Club. They didn't even get back to him. He described that as bad manners, which I kind of tend to agree with. However, it does beg the question, would Neil Warnock be a better manager at Aberdeen than Barry Robson is now? Really interested to hear your take on it. And I'm also really interested to hear whether or not you think that there are any other sort of journeyman managers of the sort of English, I'm not going to say lower leagues, but mid-tier leagues like the Championship, League One, potential low-tier Premier League that could come in and do reasonable jobs at you know either Aberdeen or Hibs. But the main question, Neil Warnock, Aberdeen, did they miss a trick? Be interested to know. Cheers, lads. Keep it up. Excellent. Thank you very much for sending that in, Ali. Always great to hear from yourself, sir. Um, I'd fucking die for you lot. <laughs> Absolutely cracking Neil Warnock impression, Ali. That was superb. I got nowhere near it possibly with that one, but tell you what, great content is. I don't know what documentary it is, but it's the behind the scenes Neil Warnock when he was at Sheffield United. So good. I don't know what that is though. I just see like 10 minute clips of it every now and then. I, th- I think it's just like a really shitly put together like YouTube it's, thing. Is it? It's like maybe it was put on the BBC and then folk have like copy and pasted, not copy and pasted, they've Some, like recorded they've, it yeah, and put it on, put it on YouTube. YouTube. There's there's a few real, uh, really good clips of like him getting the team up before they play Leeds away or something like that. It's just a uh, great viewing, all behind the scenes fucking football oh, stuff. Is. Uh, we'll answer the, f- the second part of your question first, Ali, about journeyman English managers and who could do a job in Scotland. Um, I don't know, there are some pretty funny names that come to mind. Uh, first one that's come to my uh, to my mind is I don't know if he even still manages. Don't think he does. Gary Megson. <laughs> Let's get a little Gary Megson on the table. Ali will be loving that as yeah, a Bolton yeah. Wanderers man. Oh, uh, is he? I didn't uh, know that. He'll be okay. loving that. There you go. So much. Gary Megson would have done a fantastic job at like a Killy or a Motherwell, someone like that. Yeah, maybe you know, absolutely. Not one of the big five, four, whatever. If you can call them. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But. Um, yeah, I could see Gary Megson maybe coming in and doing a wee job at one of those sorts of clubs. I can, yeah, absolutely. I don't see why not. To be fair, is he not? Did he manage Bristol in the Prem? Gary Megson mm, managed Bolton in the Prem. Uh, Bolton in aye, the Prem. Aye, sorry, aye, yeah, 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 yeah. Fact check. Over. <laughs> Wait, who did I say? <laughs> Bristol. Bristol. Uh. Both think I'm a B. <laughs> Let me off on that one. <laughs> Where's your cut off? Kevin Davies. <laughs> There's a man. There's a good striker. But yeah, no, I don't know. Gary Megson is, is who's coming to my mind. We've already seen what Hecky can do. Yeah, I know. So that's what I was looking. I was looking at Hecky's and, and I was thinking Lee Johnson's and I was thinking, oh God, I wouldn't want these mid-tier jobbers. I, I love the test. It's like such a... Because when they fail, when they inevitably fail, you can go, see, Scottish ah, League's harder than you thought, mate. But it's annoying when it happens with your own club, to yeah. be fair. But I don't know names that are popping in my head. It was, I couldn't really think of any right off the top of my head, but maybe like a Nigel Pearson. Okay. <laughs> see him doing all right. Nigel Pearson is a big, the biggest Hearts manager I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he would for sure be at Hearts, and then he would leave when he was, he'd be doing really well, have him in like third, leave and take the Rangers job halfway through the season. <laughs> that is such a Nigel Pearson Absolutely move. Absolutely, the way you go. Like. Oh, yeah. Him, maybe a, maybe a wee... Um, well, I mean, You've, you've seen them uh, already. Owen Coyle, kind of. Mm. Is he? Does he count? Yeah. Uh, Paul Lambert. Yeah. Paul. Does he count as well? All boys that have done. If you're not much, aye, not, as well. Aye. 
You're right. So I just think that the the transition, it's probably not that big of a difference on your success down south compared to up here. I don't think it translate as much, translates uh, to being you're a better manager if you've managed in League One or in, in the Championship in England for a few years, maybe had a wee stint in the Prem at some point. I don't think it necessarily makes you a great fit for a Scottish club instantly because we've seen so many managers that have done that come to Scotland and just do average, if not worse, than they probably have done in England in the yeah. past anyway. Yeah. And yeah, fair enough, they're maybe at the end of their careers or they're older managers or whatever, but it's just it's been proven time and time again that it's just not a direct... It's not... Uh, accounted for as okay they've been good in England so they'll be good in Scotland it's a different game it's a different game up here and as you say and just to to highlight what you said and repeat like there isn't a great amount of success stories that you can relate to that say these managers can easily just come down transition to the Scottish game and come out of it and move on Brendan Rodgers is probably the biggest success of it yeah. um, who absolutely ran away but he was just a formidable Celtic side and managed to make them yeah. and he's great a, he is a great manager yeah. to be fair to him um, one thing I remember from when Brodge first came in I just I remember his first game was at Tynecastle and I was so buzzing for like how is Brodge gonna what is he gonna think you know having managed elsewhere in his career at this point having managed fucking Anfield etc and now he's at Tynecastle how is he going to look at and feel feel this Tynecastle atmosphere and go bloody hell I didn't expect it to be this noisy yeah and I always love that thing when when managers come up to Scotland it's like let's show him boys Aye. a little bit I do feel that even watching Hearts uh you know as as a massive Hearts hater obviously as a Dons fan myself you do get that thing where it's like going hearts just like Aye. just show how good Scottish football yeah. is that's that's what I kind of get deep down yeah. in moments like that um, so yeah I mean I would say arguably Scottish managers transition journeymen Scottish managers transition better going down south yeah maybe Alex Neil is the first one that comes to head for myself who is is a well established manager now in the championship um, very sought after by a lot of clubs yeah if he was to be on the market he was even chucked in the hat for the Scotland job at one point yeah um, before Stevie I'm not surprised about that to be honest it's a great shout Um, at Hamilton before so size of club and league you're managing in I don't think it actually matters really um, at the end of this discussion it doesn't really matter the perfect example is, is probably Ange to be honest you look at what he's done um, from Australia to now having managed all the way through in leagues of varying qualities starting at the worst and slowly working your way up and he said when he got to Spurs that listen it's just the same you're just managing with a people and an organisation on a different scale maybe yeah. but it's the same at its core yeah. really what you're doing yeah so I think that kind of um, sums that up. Oh, you've really. smashed out of the park. <laughs> yeah. Enthralled by Class. that. <laughs> uh, that and uh, the second Picking part. Picking Alex Neal's out your ass. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got that for you. Got? Only had Nigel Pearson in the back. <laughs> yeah. That was after Nigel five minutes Pearson thinking. is a great shout, to be honest. Thank God we swerved the Dean Smith show anyway. Um, so, yeah, the first part of your, your question, Ali. Um, yes, I think Neil Warnock would 100% have done a better job than Barry Robson has done at Aberdeen. Simple as that. I mean, I don't think there I can I can really say much else about it than clearly a very experienced and previously very, very successful manager. Absolutely loved wherever he's gone. Um, hated by opposition clubs, which is always a good sign. Um, versus a guy who has never taken a head coaching role before 
had a bit of a new manager bounce and has basically been unsuccessful ever since then. Like, you know, we'll get onto it um, because we're pre- 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 we'll be previewing the next uh, games coming up this weekend, including Aberdeen Kilmarnock, um, where Barry is obviously going to be taking charge again, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, get Warnock in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please do. If you're still uh, fancying the role, Warnock, then... <laughs> Uh, get your ring in the hat, San, because <laughs> might be, yeah, Barry might be gone very soon. Yeah, hopefully, big tie tomorrow. That for uh, Barry Robson, very oh. big tie. Oh yeah, back down to earth now. It's league, league time, and you start to actually start trucking up. Oh man, um, we'll just dive right into it, I suppose. Ah, then actually, uh, Aberdeen Killy uh, and Wraith Partick are my two games that we'll be analysing. Um, Aberdeen Killy tomorrow. Killy having just signed GMS, obviously. Uh, mental, bit of a blast from the past for some Dons fans, that. Um, I can't believe he's going to be donning his boots at Pataudry again. Fucking hell. Uh, I loved him when he played for Aberdeen. He's clearly got bags of talent, but just has never been fully able to, to reach that potential. Um, guarantee you he scores tomorrow. Like. Oh, he always terrorised him. It's just well. written in the stars. Definitely written in the stars, yeah. that. Absolutely is. And... Uh... Is this the first time Killy and Aberdeen have... No, nah, it won't be the first no, time we played this season. Derek, uh, oh, no, they absolutely smashed you. Yeah. Oh, we played probably the worst game yeah, of, a yeah. very, of, of what's been a very poor season overall, with the exception of getting to the League Cup final, obviously. Um, like, that game summed up what we are at our worst. Yeah, Midfield was bypassed all match long. It was just a fucking shocking game of football, yeah. to be honest. And Killy fully deserved to win that game. Um, I mean, we've had an amazing record against Killy for, for basically my whole life. Um, very rarely see us get beat by Kilmarnock. Um, we've lost tw- two of our last three, I believe. What's changed? I wonder. <laughs> I think you bloody know what's changed. A certain man, a certain handsome bearded individual now walks and strides the opposition touchline. And his name is Derek McInnes. And he might just be the man to fuck us over in another way yet again yeah I think if Barry doesn't win this battle like his he'll get the he'll get the final but his jacket has to be on the shoogliest peg barring that final which bloody sellotapes his peg to the wall barely in my eyes well I mean Hibs fans can relate to this Jack Ross we had quite a similar um, situation with Jackie Ross and he managed to get the boot before the the final we were like oh he's going to get the final at least he'll get the final almost felt like he should have deserved to at least have a poke at the final and wasn't given it so it's not impossible uh, for him to be away especially after this week with Killy then Hearts two colossal games for the ginger fella I mean Killy haven't been as as good as maybe folk expected obviously got beat by hearts busted my coupon the weekend along with five others along probably. with <laughs> along with all the rest yeah it was a five-fold <laughs> um so i mean I, I can just see this being a really shocking game of football to be honest like a nil nil or, or a one one or something like that it's got nil nil written all over it really mm. this one I, in fact as I'm as I'm why the fuck did I pick this game <laughs> <laughs> fuck you again well depressed <laughs> <laughs> yeah Aberdeen versus Killy like this Aberdeen time I'm talking about Scotland yeah yeah Germany gone to Pataudry on a Wednesday <laughs> to welcome Killy oh. Christ um, oh, the only thing I can I can maybe say is that if Kilmarnock do win It'll be very hard for even Cormac to start thinking, okay, like what are we actually doing here? 
like we need to we need to have a serious discussion moving forward yeah. because what seems to happen is we win these games we'll win this game and then we'll beat hearts at the weekend and then it'll be like all right we're actually on form again and then we'll lose a final and we'll lose two or three games and then we'll paper over the cracks again and it's just this recurring cycle of just constantly papering and just okay it's fine it's not fine and like it's just we're 10th we're 10th yeah. we're, we're in the league uh halfway through the fucking season nearly so it's not just a poor start now it's it's really bad it's really really bad and if it wasn't for the final then it would be like serious Armageddon. danger yeah yeah <laughs> danger all around basically <laughs> if we weren't in the final if we weren't in the cup final it would be the end of the world for sure for barry robson anyway um but yeah so I hope Kelly wins, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, man. Fuck's sake. I love it. At least once every two pauses. There's an absolute meltdown, meltdown from me in the corner. Like, Why does no one interrupt? <laughs> I love it. Just let it go. Yeah. You should. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So, yes, I think I think that pretty much rum, uh, sums up the uh, the Aberdeen-Kelly match. Aaron, do you want to take your, your yeah. first your I'll, first I'll game jump uh, yeah, down go for it. to our, our neighbours here in the Waverley Park Couches, Meadowbank, Edinburgh City, uh, hosting Stirling. Very, very big tie in League One this weekend. Uh, Edinburgh City, obviously, the team bottom of the league. However, under McIndoe, they've been um, oh, a, yeah. a little resurgence. Lovely. A little resurgence, and Stirling have been projectile vomiting all <laughs> over the gap. They yeah. have been honking. Um, they've won... The last game they won was the 7th of October. Uh, and a 1-0 win against Queen of the South. Wow. They've won one game and a living. So, Sterling are just on a downward trajectory. Dale Bros <laughs> is totally and utterly derailed. And Dale Bros. Absolute fucking fire. I've like, got Dale Bros driving a Boeing 747 ready for when they smash this game to pieces <laughs> to be fair to them I've got a great feeling that the the Dale Bros will pull through for us in this one actually are you thinking that Sterling boys are going to turn up I know that they've had a resurgence recently um, Edinburgh but it's a minor resurgence it's nothing crazy it's nothing crazy but it's enough to make you think for a second yeah you know it's enough to make you go well we had these guys pegged to go down essentially oh uh, and it's enough to make you realise that okay, there there might be a bit in this team. They've just been on a terrible, terrible run, basically. You can't peg them as certain days to go down now. Definitely, even not. though I think they're well, they are the favourites. There's no, let's not beat around the bush. But you know, if, if Edinburgh win this game, then all of a sudden they're only two points behind Sterling. Sterling are looking over their shoulders yeah, big time and Sterling could be all of a sudden dragged into this race that none of us even thought was possible well, look, after their League Cup campaign yeah, exactly they started the season so hot when you look at the record L L L L L yeah like, that is brutal that's absolutely brutal um, they can't score for shit you know um, Edinburgh City this is such a massive game for them if they want to really look at getting themselves back together off, I, that's why I the table. chose this game because yeah. it's just huge for for that it's almost a, it feels like it's somewhere a six pointer between Sterling and Edinburgh just because of like how shite Sterling have been and how the, there's a little mini resurgence for yeah. Edinburgh City it's like where are both of these clubs truly at yeah. and that's coming to a head uh, this weekend if, if you look up the table on the other on the other side of things a win from Sterling and suddenly they're only four points off the playoffs like that is the craziest thing about this league this season it's so tight and it's so entertaining this is almost what the championship is is kind of normally like 
um, so chaotic and everything's so in flux. I mean, the championship is, is bri- like brilliant this season. It is yeah. like that too, but League One has gotten a little dose of the old championship medicine and is, is uh, as I've said it so many times on this pod, but it's the most entertaining league this season for, for me. Mm. Um, I just don't know. I think you can only lose so many times in a row when you're an, an okay side like Sterling and Sterling are a fi- they're fine they are League One worthy mm. so it has to change at some point it, it just has to because if it doesn't then you start looking at the manager and just right. thinking about you know Darren, uh, Darren Young might have to get the chop at that point they're all taken there. Yeah. Jim McIntyre's now been <laughs> Ian McCall, McCall. Yeah, they've yeah, all been taken it. there's no one else left get Dickin <laughs> get Dickin at the Dons that's what Dickin I'd say Dick Campbell at the Dons would be <laughs> would be so good give him one pop in the top flight like, just give him one pop uh, in the top flight you Dick in the Dons <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Ali Brown will get that. It's a PPO reference. Oh, <laughs> went over my head. Uh, yeah. Save it for the politics, yeah. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The PPO spin off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Of course there will be. Oh, uh, ba- the cogs were turning for me. Like, what can we call it? Like JLB credit. Like, that is a podcast, though. I didn't just make that up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, podcast secrets of the yeah, pharaohs. Yeah, yeah. You bastards, you stole it from me. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so dare I ask the legendary question, Hi. the legendary dog shit question. What's the score going to be? I'm going 2 0 Edinburgh. Nice. I'm back in the Edinburgh boys. Very nice. Very good, Al. Well, so am I, if you're wondering. Oh, I wasn't, but thanks for chipping it anyway. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Don't you like the Jeff of this podcast? Who the fuck is Jeff? Poop show. <laughs> Oh right, <laughs> yeah. I would say I'm, um, I don't know, more of a gog. More of a oh, got <laughs> a gog on me. Yeah, because gog is like he 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 like he gives Jez in the hands this opportunity to make something amazing. That's basically what ah, fair play, fair play. Yeah, I'm like uh, Gerard. Yeah, you're exactly. Like Gerard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, Mark and Jez, me and Aaron, and then your Dobby potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> both trying to fuck me. Yeah, 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 exactly. For different reasons. <laughs> I've just spent a year in Beirut. <laughs> Keep stum. I would say. Um... <laughs> let's just let's just, <laughs> let's just can the show talk for one second. Let's just couch it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Aaron, score prediction was two nil Sterling. Was it two nil Edinburgh? Two nil Edinburgh. Aye. Fuck Sterling. Ba- bloody hell, mate. Um, bloody hell, mate. Ah, this, the Dale Bros have to be back, honestly. I can't wait to fucking tweet a Dale Bros vehicle, basically, come, <laughs> come the weekend. Uh, great. So, my second game, I've chosen Wraith Partick, the Friday night fixture. Uh, under the lights, I'm just so in love with Wraith this season. Um, just completely, especially after uh, the result of the weekend. Just totally enamoured uh, with with what they're doing, with their their late penalty up at Inverness, the bounce. I don't know if you saw the video from behind the goal where it was videoing the crowd. It was like two minutes long, and it was the crowd reaction from them going penalty, penalty gets awarded, and they're all celebrating. And then the nerves of the minute build up to the penalty. Oh. They're all down at the front, like come on, Jamie, come on, Jamie, oh. and then just like going absolutely nuts when they when they bury the pen and like it's so it's such a good indicator this video of how much it means to the folk of Kirkcaldy because the people that come into the shot 
there's like one point like this 12 year old boy comes up and he's like crying he's like got tears in his eyes like yeah <laughs> and then there's like this old middle like 50 year old boy with like a ginger beard coming come on <laughs> and it's just like it's just all the different people and like uh, it's just such a good uh, visualization of what this means to that town a town that has a club that is that are, that's the same size as so many teams that we're used to as being in the top flight St. Johnston honestly or St. Johnston it's like obviously St. Johnston have had the golden era of their past and have become a bigger club because of their honours but like fan base wise who who brings in more supporters in that situation I think Wraith would have had longer and bigger attendances if they had been in the top flight for definitely agree with that yeah you know um, I just love the this sort of underdog thing that they're challenging the the financial juggernaut (laughs) that is Dundee United in that division Uh, and when they play Partick on Friday they have to take another three points there because Dundee United don't look like they're going to slow down any points soon in fact they probably have to win their next two games and then they will play Dundee United this month at Tanadice as well uh, on the 16th so uh, you've got to get this one right against a very informed Partick side who are up to third in the championship right now as well uh, I believe so after they beat Airdrie obviously at the weekend uh, I think that this game more than anything will prove how up for it Wraith are um Dundee United it's obviously like United will feel the pressure to not slip up like you can almost put the Wraith Dundee United games in their own own little uh, cupboard and just lock them away and just they're there for a special occasion yeah uh, you bring that out uh, on Christmas Day uh, or when or when the brother-in-law's visiting or whatever <laughs> <laughs> the bro-in-law but, but the Park Thistle game that's just another day at work you got to get up for basically yeah. you know this there's no spec there's no glamour about that the fact that it's on Friday night obviously shows you how big a fixture it is in Scotland um but this is just you know you have to win this game and there's nothing that's like that particularly special about it from an outside point of view it's just two championship clubs going at it the two other best ones um and those games can be so important come the end of the season obviously and Wraith just keep doing it don't they 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 do they keep just you know the moment you think ah they've finally fucked it when they played Queen's Park away and they're 2-1 down with 10 minutes to go and then the weekend I was looking at Inverness I won the lop and Wraith have been battering them ah they've fucked it now and they've managed to turn it around again so they're in it they're here to fucking fight against Dundee United and they're they're right up for it you can as you said with that visualisation of that video that video um, yeah, I just, I just really think that um, if if Partick win, you know, as well on their side, it's like if Partick win, then they possibly insert themselves into some kind of title thing. Maybe, maybe not like a title race necessarily, but they put themselves in a very interesting uh, position in terms of being able to to grapple for second or maybe in the future top spot. Um, but yes, for for the Wraith players, this is the sort of game that you you just need to get up and go for because the season can be defined by by big moments and big games uh, such as this Friday night tie at Starks Park uh, let's hope Lewis Vaughan keeps his shooting boots on because he's certainly not lost them yet this season Aaron let's move on to our final game to preview shall we I'll keep it short and sweet little game down in the pits of League 2 lovely Clyde at home to Stranraer fuck yeah how can you can you find a more dog shit game in the whole weekend <laughs> probably not bully wee <laughs> bully wee <laughs> Stranraer our uh, first ever little date between the three it of us it was indeed first little tour date Donald's edition for the tour that is it um, Clyde Ian McCall 
had his first game, got battered by East Five. Correct. And they played uh, Gene Field in the Cup. That was back on the, the 24th of November. 1-2-0 and haven't played since then. Yeah. So he's had a couple of weeks now under his belt of just getting the getting to know the boys. On the training pitch. Getting to train with them, putting his ideas across. And they're coming up against uh, a Stranraer side who are just, again, a bit like um, Sterling are on a bit of a downward trajectory. They've won one game in nine in the league. Yeah. Um, and Stranraer are just looking a bit a bit stinky. So for Clyde, I think it's a very, very important game for Ian McCall to to come out the traps. He has to get something. And he, ha- he has to win. Yeah. I think this is a game is almost... He doesn't have to win, but I think for him to have a proper proper fight a proper way of, of getting out of this and showing everyone that he's oh, got a case then he's, it's a very very uh, big game for him to try and win and if he does it brings Strunrar right into the melting pot totally. um, it brings him right into it and that bottom half of the table just looks like an absolute anyone all of a well, sudden anyone know, yeah like you said Elgin who sits second bottom what one win and they're up to six. Ah, when they're game in hand, they're up to when six. When they're game in hand, they're up to six. They're currently only one point behind Forfer, who are somewhere down there. East Fife are in a monster. Forfer and East Fife and all these—they're te- all rotten. Yeah. They're all absolutely rotten. There's like a good chance that this season, at some point, the top and bottom of the of League Two could split into uh, almost two separate sort of leagues. I think it all almost already. If, if Shandor lose this game, then it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. Um, and I, I really am holding out. I think Clyde are actually going to get a result of the week against Shandor. I just think Shandor have just been on such honking yeah. form game after game after game after game and Clyde's new manager bounce officially kicks yeah. in. <laughs> officially kicks Class. in this game. And uh, I can see them see them taking it. Other than just own intuition and feeling. Got fucking no actual real basis no, for that. No, that's it. But that's what we're all about. You here. never do. Talking shite. <laughs> he man. I don't think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see Elgin getting a win personally. I'm just too much of an Ian McCall hater. But uh, would you lock it up, Aaron? If I had to lock it up, I'll put both of those games on my Acker this weekend. There you we'll go. Lock it up. I, lock it right up. Uh, I will be putting Wraith on to beat Partick. And I will be going nowhere fucking near Aberdeen Kilmarnock. Because why would you? You have to be crazy to do that. Plus, it's on Wednesday, so <clears throat> wouldn't make much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Lockett. Yes, I think that pretty much seals us up nicely, boys, for the return of the tour. Um, a lengthy one. Wasn't expecting that. No. Yes, you were. Oh, yes, you were. You know. Two weeks worth of content. Two weeks worth of content. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Spoke to each other. In Crystallized. Um, beautiful stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for making it to the end of another. SFR I'm podcast. Just, my plans have just been pushed back, so if you want to do a riff for another 10 minutes. Oh, we know. can just riff on. Just riff on yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, fucking rap up. <laughs> what is the best riff? The best riff is. Just quickly. It's the, it's the snooker theme, obviously. Oh! Yowza! I, I think we established the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Pretty nuts. Can we just finish with that? Uh, finish with that tonight? Perfect. Keep listening for 30 more seconds, and you'll get to the snooker theme. Yeah, so there's a reason to stick around. <laughs> Ronnie O'Sullivan won the Worlds at the weekend. That was good. No, the UK Championship. Fact check. Do you have any closing thoughts on our content for this week's podcast? Give us, give us five stars, basically. Yeah. Five. Give us five stars. Give us a follow. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. If you've got any. Yeah, that's it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Give, give us listens, because we only fucking care about listens. Aye. Don't care about anything else, okay? Don't care about you or your family or Scottish football. We have, we, have, we, have, uh, we have dopamine levels to maintain here. That's it, exactly. So dopamine levels, keep the cookie jar full. 
uh subscribe to the patreon donate on the sub stack when we get that up and running which will be very soon um yeah suggest places for us to tour all the rest and uh, any, hop on any um discrepancies or inaccuracies by mikey then just send them to uh mikey yeah send them right to me and i'll eat them up because i guarantee i've made some kind of gaff uh again this week fact check <laughs> we'll actually be doing a segment in the next week uh yeah where we'll be the courtroom drama yeah yeah that's exactly we're doing a courtroom drama uh where basically we, me and aaron will accuse each other of some of the mistakes that we've both made in the past so aaron you better be shitting yourself because the spotlight's all on me son i'm like i'm like germany going into the opening game of the euros and i'm eyeing up this little bit of juicy ass prey uh, Davy <laughs> yeah, exactly so find ex- another one uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if I'll try it. yeah yeah I'll over. be listening uh, yeah. anyway I'm off to get uh, absolutely rinsed yeah Donald oh. you've got some exciting plans tonight I believe I'm off to the Christmas market very oh. good uh, very good with a little lady oh yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah <laughs> Get, get ready to open my wallet and, and other things. Oh! <laughs> Your heart? Yeah, my heart. Yeah. My mind and my soul. <laughs> get inside your heart. Get inside your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You so can do it. Maybe a little, little uh, go on the ice. I like the it's denim sweet. shirt look you're rocking. Yeah. You, Is that from my birthday, was it? No, no, I just bought this myself. Oh, not from yeah. denim and leather night? No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't really participate in the denim and leather I had, d- I had oh, jeans yeah. on. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, bene- beneath you, was it? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I, no, I had jeans on, but I wasn't really in the spirit of the, the evening. Yeah. It was just um, yeah, what I would wear anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a shite night, that, anyway. Yeah. So. Ah, it was. <laughs> My fucking birthday. <laughs> uh, no, it was good. It was good. Well, enjoy your mulled wine and your go on the, the ferry, ferry go round or merry go round, whatever it is. I definitely would. Ferris wheel. Uh, <laughs> It's one of those things, you'll, mate. You'll We've all been there. We've oh, all I'll done it. Going. I'll not be fucking going. No. Nah, nah. Just you're, keep, keep you're, her. You're four years. Yeah. Old, chain to the sink. <laughs> Who's chain to the sink? Yeah. Come around and find out. Yeah. It's one of us. <laughs> and it's no me. <laughs> Get it, Renji. Nah, nah. I cook. She cleans. Simple as that. <laughs> Works. Shame, shame for her. <laughs> great uh, so anyway enjoy the market enjoy the if you want to follow us for more ridiculous content then you can find us on twitter although if you've if you're listening to this and you don't follow us on Twitter, then I'll be amazed. To be <laughs> How the fuck have you found us? Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Word two. Of <laughs> Word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. WordPress, the blog. I write a blog. Aaron does the TikTok and most of the social stuff. So read the blog. That's on the Twitter. The Twitter is Tour OT Terraces. Instagram, we are Tour of the Terraces. TikTok, we are Tour Podcast. Yes. The Tour Podcast. The Tour Podcast. The Tour Podcast. And that is about it. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. Choo choo. All aboard the tour.
Scotland.